Tim Hudak joins us, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives. Now he's at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John Moore. All right. So, you know, you've got two young girls. I guess you have to raise questions like we all do about how a 12-year-old girl gets into enough trouble at a school in Oshawa to be tasered. Yeah, my, my first instinct, though, is I want to keep my kids safe. Uh, look, look, I guess we'll get more information on exactly what was behind this. I'm sure when a 12-year-old is involved, there is a full uh, investigation. But on, on the surface, I think being a cop is one of the toughest jobs out there, John, you are constantly and increasingly in the spotlight. Every move you make is questioned. So many actually recorded the movement to defund police, thankfully fading away. And you've got to make a decision on the spot on life and death situations to yourself or to a citizen. And when you see this girl, whatever her age, at a rampage through a school assaulting students and teachers, flees the police and engages in another assault, allegedly, on the schoolyard, you got to do what it takes to keep the public safe. Tie goes to the runner, unless I hear otherwise, the police got to make the calls to keep us safe. Yeah, I'm not going to get all judgy. Uh, I do want to know more, but I kind of wonder maybe this girl really had to be taken down and using a taser was better than any other means of doing so. And um, not too long ago, John, a bunch of 12-year-olds assaulted and killed a homeless yes, person, right? So you're absolutely right. forget that. Olivia Chow and Doug Ford had a love-in that almost led to tears yesterday. I guess you almost you have to admire Doug Ford's soft touch when it comes to that <laughs> encounter. <laughs> he, he is good at that right like he he uh he, he naturally connects um he's done so with the, uh, the federal uh liberal government and i think with some success to advance ontario's interests it's naturally in him a completely like a very gregarious guy uh, not only a camera but genuinely uh in person but let me tell you I, i'm a little skeptical let me tell you why he, i i did predict i think on on uh, more in the morning uh, that uh, that the frosty relationship between john tory and and Doug Ford would warm up, not because they're both naturally inclined to get along with people. There was some real tension there dating back to time at city council, the relationship between Mayor Rob Ford and Mayor Tory, but it was because their destinies were aligned. They both had to fix transit, get homes built that people could afford, and, and fight crime. So that alignment meant they needed to come together, and they did. I'm not convinced that the same alignment is going to be there with Olivia Chow. Out of the gate, this way Doug Ford operates. I suspect Olivia Chow does as well. But I'm not sure if her agenda is going to be exactly the same as Mayor Tory. So I, I'm going to, out of the gate, express some skepticism about this. I hope it works out. It's important to do so and have clear, open channels. Uh, but let's see how this actually evolves. I'm a bit pessimistic. I do think on this notion of a new deal for Toronto, it, won't include, it will not include new taxes, according to the Premier. They'll strike a working group. But here's some ideas that will genuinely help. As opposed to some sort of cost-sharing or throwing more money at a problem, actually make some fundamental switches. You know, upload the garden, the Don Valley, the Allen, the provincial level, save the city those construction Cost and ongoing maintenance. They could focus on other areas. If you can outline clear areas of responsibility as opposed to being, you know, half in on every project, that makes more sense to the taxpayer and gets more done. I would include those elements, as Anna Bilo actually campaigned upon, in any kind of new deal for the city of Toronto. One of the things that came up yesterday at the press conference for the Premier and the Mayor was this ad that was taken out by a prominent businessman where he called Toronto a declining city. I'm somewhat indifferent to this because, okay, rich conservative guy takes out newspaper ad whinging about Toronto and now everyone's got to talk about it. 
Yeah, but isn't he on to something here? I mean, look, Toronto is doing a very good job attracting new business, uh, job growth, economic opportunity. We are finally making some progress on on housing, some good ideas that have gone through council for the province to get homes built that people can't afford. And there are generational investments that are happening in, in transit, a new Ontario place with new attractions. That's the exciting part, but don't you feel a sense of decay? I mean, you've talked about this on, on your own show, John. We have to step over homeless folks in the parking lot on the way to work. I, I worry about, you know, this this a crowd of displaced, mentally ill, and violently predisposed homeless people descending on the subways when the weather gets cold again. Those stories, I fear, will coming back. Just, there's a feeling of decay that things just quite aren't working. No doubt. A guy in a suit that is probably valued more than the average monthly income of your, of your average Canadian isn't exactly a sympathetic figure, but I think he's onto something. Yeah, but I mean, I know there are things that need attention, but if it was the Ontario Coalition to Overcome Poverty that took out a one-page ad, I'm not sure that they would be on the couch at CP24 being debriefed. <laughs> that's that's all, all fair enough. I, I, I remember trying to uh, pay for an ad in the Fortery Times when I was an MPP and what that cost, let alone the Globe and Mail. Not a sympathetic character. I will reinforce that. However, I, I just feel in talking to neighbours, to folks around uh, the community, uh, a feeling of slippage and definitely crime when you can't send your daughters or sons on the subway for fear that they'll come back home something's gone off the rails uh, grocery store executives yesterday said they would try to stabilize prices i you know i was jaundiced about the idea of calling everybody on the carpet and trying to raise a stink i thought it was very populist but maybe it's actually going to lead to them trying to figure out how to lower the price of groceries it is populist, but it just might work. Um, one of my favorite uh, politicians um, was Theodore Roosevelt. I think Theodore Roosevelt was an incredible leader, and an expression, John, that, that I use from time to time. And he talked about his office as president as the, the bully pulpit, you know, a way to, to lecture, to bring focus, to cause action just by word alone. And I think this is a good move by Prime Minister Trudeau to react to one of the biggest issues out there. That's the cost of living. The grocery stores have had a lot of negative publicity around fixing prices for bread, price escalations that look like they're feeding profits, not a reaction to the market and how they've treated staff. And I think if you do actually bring this pressure to bear through committees, through this public attention, it will actually move the needle. Now, there are underlying issues I think are the big drivers, carbon tax, you know, driving up costs of doing business. We have our marketing board that artificially set prices high for the basics like eggs and milk and chicken and other products that drive up prices across the board in a provincial trade pairs. All of those things are drivers. But man, I think shining a big spotlight on big grocery and using that bully pulpit to its fullest ability Good move by the Prime Minister, and I think there will be dividends. Okay, and also in Ottawa yesterday, I guess now we understand why Justin Trudeau was so frosty with Narendra Moda, uh, Modi. Um, and, you know, several people spent an awful lot of ink and airtime talking about what an amateur Justin is. Well, now we know it's because apparently the Indian government murdered a Canadian. You know, you've got a set, a very basic rule that you cannot kill someone on Canadian soil, no matter how villainous they may be in a, another country. That that just does not pass, whether it's the Chinese, India, Russians, uh, Americans, what have you. And if you have ser you have to have serious evidence to, to make this. I, I remember times like this in the Ontario legislature where there would be uh, an impromptu, a speech by the by the premier here the prime minister and the house hushes there is some big news coming it is the, an important podium to speak from to drive 
what can be ground-shaking news, and certainly this is. I, I don't know the full range of tools available, expelling diplomats with trade sanctions, calling them out at the U.N. on an international stage, getting allies, the Americans, the British, the Australians, that will stand up against this. Canada has a possibility of being the international um, victim who's, who's bullied. Right? We've got the wealth. We've got the milk money in our pockets. So push us around. You have to draw a line in the sand. You cannot kill someone on Canadian soil. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Have a great day. That is Tim Hudak on The Morning Brief.